Thanks for joining the podcast of the River Anglican Church. Today, JT reminds us to humble ourselves, pray, seek God's face, and turn from the distorted image we might have become versus what he made us. So here's JT. Well, I wish we could obviously be in person, um, but I'm thankful to be able to, um, to be here. Let me turn off my background and that way um, you can see the paneling in our downstairs room. There we go. Um, maybe that'll be less distracting. But uh, I have behind me a, a Hebrew uh, word, hodu, which means give thanks. Just a reminder for us always to be, um, to be thankful. Uh, it's especially apt for me right now. Uh, I didn't know if some of you knew, I haven't really broadcast it, didn't put on Facebook, but I got COVID uh, the last week of December. And so um, I um, was symptomatic December 28th and got tested on the 30th positive and have been pretty much knocked out by this thing. Uh, I believe I'm on day 19. So, um, <clears throat> and my wife got it, Robin got it. So she's been a little over two weeks, I think about 15 days she's been under the weather. <clears throat> so it has not been the, uh, the easy, uh, you know, I know some people who've gotten Omicron and said, you know, they just had the sniffles. This has not been one of those things for us. This has been very difficult actually. And <clears throat> I've been working half days for about the last week, but before that I was sick. So prayers are appreciated. Um, it's certainly given me, and I also had an abscess tooth for five days while I had COVID. So I couldn't see the dentist for five days. Um, <clears throat> so I have a new, you know, empathy for people who suffer from chronic pain. And, uh, you know, just even that five days of excruciating pain was a reminder that there are people who uh, suffer for longer periods in five days. And, you know, just uh, to be thankful, to be hodu, you know, um, like the Hebrew word says, to be thankful, um, even in the midst of challenges like COVID. Um, well, I wanted to do a meditation with you this morning. Um, we call it a meditation when we don't have a lot of pre preparation time. That was a joke. I can't see your faces, but um, but I um, I have an had another sermon prepared for today um, and uh, in the, from the Psalms. And I don't, didn't want to use that sermon because I wanted to deliver that one in person, uh, a sermon about confidence. It's a Psalm of confidence, but, uh, but I did want to have a, a short devotional or a meditation on second Chronicles chapter seven. So if you feel comfortable, feel free to um, feel free to to have your video on so that I can see people. Otherwise, I'm just like preaching to still, uh, you know, still life names. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. There we go. There's there. There are people. I know some of you are in your pajamas. That's okay. There we go. The Givens, yay. The Clarks, good, good. Lana, excellent. Alex, the Bowmans, the Psyches, awesome. Thank you guys. But um, I certainly understand uh, wanting to stay somewhat anonymous if we're not looking our best <laughs> in the morning. But um, 
So Second Chronicles, uh, which Lucy read, you know, um, when, when we decided that we were going to do Zoom and I didn't want to use up uh, the sermon that I put together. Um, and I said, well, Lord, you know, what do you want me to speak about? And Second Chronicles 7 was what I woke up with Saturday morning uh, at the tip of my head, I guess, so to speak. And so if you want to turn there, we're going to spend about 10 minutes just looking at this passage and uh, and really just meditating on it. It's not a sermon. It's not polished. My notes fit on half a page. So most of this is coming just from, you know, my kind of meditating on this passage. But let me give you context before we get into Second Chronicles. So this is the dedication of the temple. And this is this powerful uh, moment in time when David was not allowed, as a man of war, was not allowed to build the temple, but his son Solomon was granted that privilege. And in verse 11, it says, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all in mind to do that in the temple of the Lord and his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself self as a temple for sacrifices. And I'll just stop there for a second, because then the next thing he says is actually kind of discouraging. He says, when, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. Wait a second. This is the dedication of the temple. But no, when I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. So I'll stop there for a second because the two things that I think of when I hear verse 13 are, uh, the first thing I think of is the sovereignty of God. He says, when I do these things, um, you know, when pandemics strike, when uh, there's wars, when there's conflict, when there's um, civil unrest, when there's racial strife, you know, all this, God does not say like, you know, I, I didn't really think this was going to happen. It's he says, when I do this, when I do this, when I do this. Now, I'm not saying that this pandemic is necessarily something that God sent, but <clears throat> I do hear in this that God is very much aware of what we're going through and that he allows uh, things like pandemics that we're suffering from. And it doesn't say if I do this, it says when I do this. So you have the a priori you know, situation of when these things happen, when calamities happen, when you get sick, when there's challenges and difficulties, whether physical, emotional, um, global, and so forth. Then he says the next word, if. Now that word if has kind of bugged me for a little bit. Um, if my people, if only my people, if, oh, how I wish my people um, would do this. Notice he says, if my people, he claims us as his own. It's not like if you people, 
this is one of those passages where he's like, you are my people. There are other passages that he's distances himself from his people. Like, I never thought you all would do something like this. But if my people who are called by my name, that we are called um, by the Lord's name, that we're the Lord's people, will humble themselves and pray. I'm just going to read this and then I'll unpack it. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So that word if should really challenge us this morning. If my people, if only my people would do this. And what are, the, what are the four conditions that he lays out here? If we would first humble ourselves. Secondly, if we would pray. Third, if we would seek his face. And fourth, that we would turn from our wicked ways. Well, so first thing he wants is for us to humble ourselves. You know, if, if we are prideful, we won't pray. But if we're humble, we will pray because when we humble ourselves, we realize that we are dependent on the Lord. Um, so he calls us to first humble ourselves, to realize uh, we're dependent. Um, the word contrition comes to mind. The word to be contrite is like a child holding on to a father's hand. If we were just like a little child, hold on to our daddy's hand, realize our dependency upon him. And secondly, if we humble ourselves, then we're going to pray. Because if we're dependent on God, if we realize, God, we cannot do this, um, we cannot accomplish, uh, you know, we can't make it through this present storm, uh, you know, in a godly way. We can't survive as a family or as a marriage couple or as an individual. Um, Lord, we need you that we'll pray. And third, that we'll seek his face. I love the phrase seek his face because um, so oftentimes we hear about seeking the Lord's hand. But seeking the Lord's hand is very different than seeking his face. When we seek his face, we don't seek, oh, give me, give me, give me. You know, we, we come at him with this list. That's usually when we're seeking his hand, when we're seeking his provision. But when we seek his face is just when we seek, you know, the presence and the person of the Lord, when we enjoy him. Uh, that's what that expression is alluding to. And so I love that he says in this passage, you know, humble yourself, pray, seek my face. Don't just give me, give me, give me, Lord, here's what I need, here's what I want, but seek me, enjoy me, seek my presence. And finally, turn from their wicked ways. Um, wicked, uh, I'd heard this, I don't know if, if I've actually confirmed it, so I'll just, um, you know, I'll just put this out there, that I heard that the word wicked in Hebrew is, uh, or the English word is taken from the idea of a wicker basket, that a wicker basket is twisted and, you know, and that's part of what makes a wicked ba wicker basket is all the different, um, that it's intertwined and that wicked is, is really twisted. And that's really helped me because I, 
I don't often think of myself as wicked, but there are times when I feel like I'm twisted from the Lord's original intention. And so there are times I say, oh, Lord, help me to turn from my twisted ways, from my ways that I've been distorted and made into something uh, and, and, and becoming something that's different than you would have me to become. Then he says, here's the four conditions. If you do this, then you will do this. It was reminding me of my old computer science days when I took that, you know, to tell you how old I am when I took computer science in college, it was COBOL. Anybody take COBOL here? You know, and in, you know, computer science, the one thing I do know, yeah, okay. I, I'm looking at Allie's face right now. She's, I think you're mocking me. I can't tell for sure. <laughs> no, Matt's over on the other side. So I was telling him what Scott's face was doing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you know, Anyway, I won't even get into it. But so, yeah, back in the days when we were working on TRS 80s, <clears throat> trash 80s, but um, we were, you know, if then statements in computer science, you know, the then is relying upon the if, right? And so in, um, in theology, the then is reliant upon the if, and the nice part is that just like in computer science, when you put together an if, and it's actually good code, uh, then you're not really concerned that the then's going to happen. In fact, it's pretty well, you know, dictated that the, the, the then is going to happen. You don't expect um, for the then not to happen. And in theology, when God says, if you do this, then I will do this, then you expect that God is going to do it. And that's what we call a promise. And he gives three promises if we did do, are doing these things, humble ourselves, and when we humble ourselves, we will pray because we'll be dependent. We'll seek him, seek his face, not just his hand, but we'll seek his face to enjoy him and enjoy his presence. And fourth, we because we enjoy his presence, we turn from the, from the world and our twisted ways. We turn to delight in him, right? Uh, we become like him because we are spending time with him. Then he says, here's the three things I will do. I'll hear from heaven. Okay. I will forgive your sin and I'll heal, heal your land. And then this is where I'm going to wrap, begin to wrap up here. So obviously he always hears. And so this is a, um, a figure of speech. When he says, I'm going to hear, it's not like, oh, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. Sorry, can you say that again? He's always listening. He's always hearing. But here, when he says he, he will hear, it means that he will act. And when he always says he hears, like you'll notice in different scriptures, when he heard the cry of the Israelites in Exodus, he acted. You know, when he heard the cry uh, from Jonah in the belly of the whale, he acted. And when he heard the cry of his son, he acted. And so um, hearing always brings action. And he says, I will hear and I will forgive. Isn't that beautiful? That, you know, when God hears us, when we do these things in verse 14, then he says, I will hear and I'm going to forgive. And so we can know that we're forgiven. Um, 
And we can know that God has not only heard us, but he forgives us. And that's of great comfort um, to me is that he forgives when I'm an idiot, when I'm like a brute beast before him, when I am like needing bit and bridle, you know, in my mouth, uh, like the psalmist says, because I'm not listening, I'm not, you know, and so God has to like a bit and bridle to put in my mouth and lead me um, when I'm thoughtless and reckless, um, he forgives me. And third, he says, he'll, he'll heal our land. And land is a new, in New Testament metaphor is easily kind of, um, easily adapted to, to heal us, heal our families, heal our marriages, heal our friendships, heal our church, um, heal our country. Um, heal our, heal our, our world. And, uh, and he, he makes those three promises. So I guess I want to end with a few questions. And one question is, what is on your heart? Um, I'll tell you, I've, like I said, I've had three really difficult weeks of being really sick. I still have COVID fog. And, um, you know, there are just sometimes I cannot put uh, two sentences together, kind of like this homily right here, you know, um, uh, I was just kidding. You're supposed to yeah, recognize that as humor, but, um, but there are, you know, really, I mean, the COVID fog is a real thing and, uh, and it's really been a difficult season to feel like, you know, uh, I'm moving ahead in the Lord. And some of you may feel that way too. You know, you've had family gatherings, you've had the holidays, perhaps you've been traveling, perhaps some of you have been under the weather. But, you know, all of us, as we kind of come into this new year, should be asking ourselves, God, what is my, what is my if? You know, what is, what is it that's on my heart to pray for? And what are you asking God for? Uh, I hope that we're asking God for transformation. I hope that we're asking God for transformation for ourselves, for our families, for our church, um, and for the church with a capital C around the world. I pray that we're asking God for lost people to come to know him. Uh, I pray that we're asking God for discipleship, to not just reach lost people, but to have the privilege of discipling them. Um, but what other ifs are on your heart? What do you find when you think about the Lord, when you wake up, when you have quiet time with him, what's on your heart? What do you, if, what are you ifing? You know, what do you, what do you, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, what do you, what's, on, what's the prayer of your heart? Um, and what are you believing God for that you cannot do yourself? I certainly have some ifs. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to be back functioning fully. Um, I have ifs, uh, you know, um, that I'm praying for, for my family and obviously for the river. What's your if? Um, and how does this passage challenge you to pray differently? Um, what does this passage do for you in terms of you know, challenging who you are. Um, 
the challenge that I have in this passage is, Lord, am I humbling myself? Am I praying? Am I seeking your face? Am I turning from my wicked ways? That I shouldn't expect that you're going to hear and you're going to forgive and you're going to heal until I'm faithful, too humble, to pray, to seek, and to turn from my wicked ways. So I'm going to pray for a minute, um, and then and then we're going to pray as a, a community. Uh, I, and Lucy's going to lead us in those prayers, and I'll encourage you to unmute yourself when it's time for us to pray. But right now, let me pray according to this passage uh, for myself and for you all, that this will be, this passage will define who we are as we head into 2022. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Um, you say that it doesn't return void. And I thank you that these people who are on this Zoom call and the people who attend the river, Lord, that you love them dearly and deeply and that you know them. You know, Lord, um, what are our twisted ways? What are the ways that we are out of alignment with your character? Lord, you know the times that we do seek you and you know the times that we are like brute beasts before you, like David said, that we must be controlled by bit and bridle because we're reckless and we're thoughtless. Lord, you know the times that we don't humble ourselves, that we're so self-dependent, we're so arrogant that we think that we can do something on our own. And then things have to happen when we realize, God, I don't have the ability to change my spouse or my situation or my job or my school or my church. <laughs> I can't even change myself. Lord, you have to bring us back to that place of humility. Thank you, Lord, that you say that humble yourself, that the Lord may lift you up in due time, Lord. That humbling, humbling ourselves is an act that we must do. Lord, I just pray for this community um, right now. I pray that as we come into 2022, Lord, we will heal, and we will regather and regroup, and I pray that we will see, Lord, the kingdom established in our midst, people reached, people discipled. Pray that we will see ourselves transformed, and um, I thank you for this time together in your word, albeit imperfect, via Zoom, but nonetheless um, together in your word. And I pray as we enter into this time of intercession, Lord, that you would be pleased and you would hear our prayers and forgive and heal. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this sermon from the River Anglican Church. You can find us on the web at theriverinrv.org, also on Facebook, and you can join us in person if you like on Sunday mornings at 9.15 at 110 Roanoke Street East, Blacksburg, Virginia, 
24060. We hope to see you again next week.